This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good evening. So today we are doing a very interesting chapter. Interesting because it's the most delusive one. <laughs> it is about about Maya. How does Maya attack everybody? So Narad Bhukti Sutra. We are doing verses from forty six to forty eight. So three verses total. We are going to discuss about only one entity called Maya. First, I have to give you an explanation of Maya, and then I will tell you ten different ways of trying to overcome her. All right, so we'll start with verse Sutra forty six. So we are doing Narad Bhakti Sutra, Sutra forty six. Who crosses Maya? Who really crosses Maya? Number one. he who gives up all attachment to sense objects two he who serves the great devotees the gurus and three he who renounces all sense of possession in himself so first maya what is maya how does maya affect every individual here and what is the effect of maya it's so narada has written this so i will tell you narada story first now narada one day he had come to meet narayana krishna so while he was talking to krishna he said everybody speaks of maya so i just wonder who is this maya can i experience it one day narayana So Narayana says, um, "Why do you want to do that? It's not important, you know." He says, "No, but I just have to get the feel of Maya. How does she actually work? She is your potency, and definitely there must be something because everybody seems to be scared of her." So Narayana says to him, "Okay, do one thing." Uh, By the way, they are near a river. Uh, they are taking some rest over there. They are doing the Brahman, going around. So while they are doing the Brahman, so he is resting under the tree over there. You know Narayana, no? He sleeps like this. <laughs> so he says, "You take your kamandalu, go fill water from the river, and come back." Narada says, "Okay, Narayana, Narayana, okay," and he goes near the river. now he is just about to fill his lota you know that kamandalu with water suddenly he finds a very beautiful lady walking from there she is coming to fill water over and narada says oh my god this is such a beautiful woman she is coming walking towards me this is amazing you know like and she comes near the river and she is just filling up the water Narada gets completely intoxicated by her. He says, "Oh my god, I wish I have to, you know, marry her or something." So what he does is she fills the pot and she is going away. So Narada says, "I will follow her." And he follows her to her village. It's nearby. And there he sees her going inside one house. Now Narada is so intoxicated by her that he is not in a position. So he says, "I have to get married to." Her. 
Now, he has fallen in love with her and he proposes to her and then Narada gets married. Now, Narada is staying in that village and in that village, he is... Now, remember, he is a Panditji, no? He knows all the Shastras and everything. So, the village people, they will come and they will tell, please come and say some, you know, puja part in our house. So, he is enjoying his marital status. And then, a few months later, the lady becomes pregnant and they have their first child. And then they have the second child. And then they have the third child. <laughs> now there is a village temple of Vishnu over there, Narayana's temple. He is living very peacefully. He is doing all his puja part every now and then. And whenever somebody calls him for pujas and all that, he would go over there and do that. He earns little money. And he becomes quite well known in that place. Then, while his children are growing up, drought. You know, drought. So when drought strikes that village, please understand when, when drought or some such calamity comes, everybody forgets about doing pujas, parts and all that. That is the first thing forgotten. You know why? Because you got to spend money for doing that. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. Yes, you have to go and ask God for, you know, like coronavirus today, everybody wants, please God, let this go away. But nobody wants to spend money for it, to, <laughs> something to happen. So it is like that. So in that drought, he is not able to get any work. He is sitting at home and wondering what is to be done. The river is all dried up. Now in that drought, the first person that is affected is his wife. She dies. Narada is very, very heartbroken. He says, oh my God, my wife is dead. Three children. I loved her so much. And while all this is happening, he has to now take care of three small children. While he's doing that, because there is a lot of infection, you know, while when there is drought, you should understand there are lots of these rats and all these come out. And so plague is there. So in that plague, his eldest son also dies. So in six months time, he loses his wife. Then he loses his eldest son. After that, somehow they are able to manage. And then he's taking care of two small children. The year passes by. Everybody is praying for rain. So the next year, it starts raining quite a lot. And it rains and rains and rains and rains and rains. Remember, that place is near that river. And the river starts overflowing. And when the river starts overflowing, it comes up to his house. And while it comes up to his house, what is he to do? So he gathers both his children and takes them to a shelter which is slightly on a higher ground. Now while he is gone to the shelter, he is wading through knee-deep waters and the water starts rising. So he looks at a temple nearby. There is a temple where he used to do all his puja part also. So he looks at the temple over there. He says, I will go and go to that temple over there. 
So while he goes to the temple over there, you know how the temple structures are. Hmm? So he goes inside the temple, the water comes inside and the water flow has started increasing so much that he has to somehow manage to go to the top of the temple. So while he's climbing up the Kalash, you know the Kalash is there on top. So while the Kalash is there, so he is slowly climbing up and the water is started rising. The water starts rising and suddenly he slips and one of the child from his hand slips and falls into the river and washes away. Narada says, oh my God, what has happened? And he's, he's taken that other child, he's put him on the shoulders and he's slowly climbing upwards. Now, if he lets go of this child and that, what is going to happen now? He has to save himself. So he slightly comes to the top of that pinnacle, you know, that top kalash. And then he's holding on to that with his right hand. And in the left hand, he's got his child. And the water is flowing very fast. There is too much of a flood. The whole thing is literally washing away. And suddenly a big wave comes smashes against him and the child is just you know drops from his hand and he's trying to reach it and he's trying to reach it and he says oh my god he's crying out to his child and he says he's trying to catch the child meanwhile he's holding that kalash in his hand the top of that and he's trying to reach that and he's crying his tears are flowing and the child leaves his hand and is washed away. Narada is crying. He's holding the kalash in his hand and he's saying, Oh my God, what has happened? Narayana, what has happened? Narada, Narada, what happened? He looks around. He says, and he sees that he's holding the kalash in his hand and he's literally in the water. And Narayana is standing over there under the tree and saying, Narada, what is happening? I told you to get a <laughs> pot of water for me. Get the water for me. Narada says, what? What happened? And he fills the water pot and he goes near Narayana. And he says, Narayana, what happened? I just went to get water. So Narayana starts laughing and says, that is Maya for you. Okay. So by just trying to go and get that water from the river and coming back, you experience an entire lifetime of stories. You got married, you had children, you lost your wife, you lost your children, and then you are standing on top of the <laughs> temple and crying out. And then, do you understand? This is Maya. Maya is an illusion created in this world by the Divine Lord. Maya is the beautiful colors that you see. Maya is everything around you which deludes you. You cannot even understand that this is the reason why Maya is so powerful. Because even Narada can get carried away by Maya. Narada has taken multiple births on earth. So, 
Maya story is very very important for us because every single day of our life we are going through it. Today are we not sitting at home and watching this satsang? Few days ago you could have gone out, you could have roamed around here and there. You could have done anything. And suddenly one day nobody can think of this. You are confined to your house. You can't even move. all because of a creature you can't even see think it is such a tiny fellow you can't even see and that tiny fellow is responsible for putting the whole world to full stop now stop here don't go anywhere there you are and now the blame game you started it you started it who started it nobody has any clue this idea about who started it why it happened and everybody's question when can we go out when can we get a normal life so everybody will ask guruji do you have any idea of course i have the idea the idea is very simply like this <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no nobody knows maya darling so well you see she is very elusive can't be caught also so narada has to give this beautiful example how do you overcome the maya of lord krishna it is krishna's own maya by the way okay one day somebody asked me guruji how would you describe maya so i said it is like this take any object okay now let us say you are taking a cap of a bottle all right i'm just showing you the cap now this is a cap of a bottle what do you see you see the cap do you see the cap very good now when you see the cap of the bottle can you tell me the mother of this cap the mother of this cap is the mold of this cap right Now, if I consider this, or in olden times we had negatives and then positives of photography, right? Imagine like that. So, what you see as the cap is only what is called as a mold. From the mold, it has come. It creates an impression. So, can the cap say that my mother is the mold? Do you understand? The mold is my mother. She gave birth to me. Okay, and the ingredients? It's come from the universe, which is Mother Nature. So, if that is Mother Nature, can you see this Maya in that? Can you see the mold in that cap? You can't see. Remember this. You can't really see that. So, Maya is like that. So how does Krishna look like? It's an illusion. Krishna can look like anything, and this anything really changes the whole plan of this universe. We don't even know how this works. So Maya is that which will entice you one day. Come here, come here, come here, and the next day she'll say, "Go away, go away, go away." <laughs> you won't even know when she says, "Come here and go away." and you are left high and dry you say what happened it was like a whirlwind you know it came and went away all those people who win the lottery tickets 
okay they feel so happy i won so many million dollars and then in a few days all the million dollars are gone they are back to square one where they started i still remember a very old story where there was this maid and her husband both husband and the maid were they were from indonesia and they were staying in singapore working now that lady was a maid and the husband was working in another house as a man servant now as usual there are lotteries so she won the lottery the moment she won the lottery i think it was a quarter of a million dollars or something like that she said i will leave the job so she left the job her husband left the job and they went to their native country and they said we will build a house and we will stay over here the next year when i visited that place i saw her back in the same place i said what happened why did she come back oh the money was finished so the money came and went away they built a house which i think somebody else will be staying in now so what is the point in getting the body you may ask so maya works in this very funny fashion nobody understands maya and that is the reason why narada has given us 10 pointers how we can overcome her so who can cross maya who really can cross maya why would he have to underline it and say who can really cross maya understand maya can never be crossed most of the time 99% of the time you can't cross maya first you cannot even understand that it is maya you will think that oh nothing wrong. i can manage anything okay she doesn't come and tell you i am maya see look at me i am maya never never will she come and tell you this so the first one he says he who gives up attachment to sense objects we have already done this any sense objects which are attracting you don't get attracted towards them why should you get attracted towards the sense so attachment to any sense object creates illusions in the mind so many examples you have in your own life impossible to understand you get into relationships thinking that it is the ultimate relationship of my life and then you are left high and dry sometimes people think that you know i am so highly educated i can do this i can conquer the world i can do anything yeah after listening to all gary vees and all these people in the world everybody think yeah i can do it only gary we can do it <laughs> all average people know they find it very difficult to do it because we get carried away by everything around us so first drop the attachment this is one thing which can very clearly take you out of the clutches of maya don't get attracted towards that object and get attached to it if you get attached to the object you are finally going to cry know this for sure when the object leaves you when you lose it imagine you are having a very very fancy equipment oh isme kya ho raha hai come and see what is that yellow just one moment huh? 
Maya, she caught up with me. She's telling me, your memory is full, you know. I can't store more than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you understand how Maya works. No? So suddenly out of the blue summit. <laughs> so we just tried to eliminate Maya by means of giving her additional memory. Krishna's Maya is very funny, okay? Sometimes she works like this also. <laughs> the practical knowledge, see, practical experience, you can see. <laughs> Strangely, it so happens. Some people get so lost in it, they don't even realize what is happening. Alright, so, he who gives up attachment to all sense objects. So, give up attachment to all sense objects. Every sense object that is there. It can be anything for that matter. It could just be a simple pen. I'm not joking. A pen. You know how a pen can be a, a very big Maya problem for you? Imagine you are having a pen. Okay. You have gone to a, a place where you are supposed to fill up a form. Most of these government offices you have to fill lengthy forms. They still are in that, you know, bullock cartage. So you have to fill up that form. And suddenly you have put that thing over here in your pocket. And that person says, you know, can you give me your pen for two minutes? There was a time when we were using this kind of pens. You know what you will do? You will keep the cap with you and you will give only this to that person and say, use this. <laughs> you know why? Because you know very well that fellow will run away with your pen. It's not really happening. But still, why? My pen. Sir, it is just costing 10 rupees. Doesn't matter. My pen. <laughs> the, the attachment to our pen is exactly like that those who work in the office you see if somebody takes your chair in the morning you know you are so comfortable in your chair somebody takes your chair and goes away you know you get so upset who took my chair who took my chair and you rove the whole office trying to find out who has taken your chair and Maya also works in the temples you have gone for a darshan dear god Please, take care of my chappal outside. <laughs> as, if, as if that God is bothered about your chappal. So, you are bothered about your chappal outside. Rather than saying something to him, your mind is outside the temple actually. You know? So, it is like that. So, <laughs> Maya is working exactly like this. He who serves the great devotees, Maya can be overcome when you serve the great devotees. Devotees are gurus. Now when you do seva, seva is, you know, without any expectations. When you do seva of that kind and you are not expecting anything, the guru is so powerful, like this, he is able to yeah, for Shiva's sake, I did like this. <laughs> because he asked me in the morning, can you show me once again? So here it is for you. So gurus, you know, they have this very strange way of overcoming and taking away the maya from front of you. It's, they will just make it vanish. But if he wants to put you on that jal of maya, <laughs> you are goddess. You really don't know what hit you. The way of the guru can never be understood. 
yesterday i was telling you one story of swami samarth ramdas isn't it now samarth ramdas was a very great sage during the time of shivaji maharaj shivaji maharaj the great uh, king of the marathas he ruled over most of the western to the south india now samarth ramdas was a great devotee of god and he was one of the greatest avatars now in that during that time it so happened that people would follow him so there was this one devotee he had understood about swami samarth now swami samarth being the guru of now imagine being a guru of shivaji maharaj means oh my god shivaji maharaj was a rich king you know he must have given samarth ramdas a lot of money and this and that so one day when he was in this jungle over there so this man approaches samarth ramdas and says you know at least i will get a good square meal with this guru so let me become his so he approaches samarth ramdas and says can i be your disciple ramdas looks at him and says okay come join me now he is expecting some good meal but it doesn't come ramdas says to him you see we beg for food this guy says what beg for food but you are you not the guru of that great shivaji maharaj this is so we beg for food so all his disciples they go to the neighboring villages and they beg for food and come back now one or two days is okay is it to beg for food is like literally oh my god what are you doing so he begs for food comes back but he is very miserable he says i thought that i will get good food to eat but it is not happening so he carries on for a few days gets initiated the guru says okay fine one day i'll initiate you so gets initiated gets the kan mantra the guru teaches him certain number of mantras and he says from today you can learn this now a few days later this man says you know i'm fed up of all this there is no food and all i'm only made to work from morning to night what am i to do so he is gone to beg for food in the neighboring village so when he goes to this house of a person this person is a very rich man and he says to him why don't you have a meal and then go and you can take some madukari madukari means the bhiksha that you get take the madukari also and go and he gets a very nice meal now when he looks at the meal he says i wish i can get it every single day so he tells this man he says it seems like you know the vedas and the shastras can you, are you a teacher also he says yes can i be your disciple you see the main crux of this is he will get good food to eat so that day the man says okay you can stay here but now he is supposed to go and give the food that he has got isn't it now what is he to do so he tells this rich man he says you know what i have a guru his name is samarth ramdas he is in the neighboring village in the jungles over there now you have given me this idea that i can be trained under you so what am i supposed to do now this rich man doesn't tell him <laughs> who he is he says is that so 
And did you get initiated? He says, yes. You know, but I never get any food to eat. I always get that, uh, you know, whatever is left over. He says, see, I cannot take you as a student directly. First, you got to go and return the mantra to your guru. Go return it to him. So he says, fine, I'll go and return the mantra to Samartha Ramdas. And he goes to meet Samartha. So Samartha Ramdas is all knowing, as you know. So he looks at this man and says, oh, you have come back. Yes, I have found a new guru who can feed me very well. Oh, and I was told that I can take a new guru if I can return the mantra back to you. You see, you initiated me and gave me a mantra. I want it back. So Samartha Ramdas looks at him and says, fine, uh, it's no problem to me. You can, you can join that guru. It's not an issue to me. Now you have to return your mantra, isn't it? Okay, I'll take it back. Take this glass of water. Drink it. Okay. And what do you call that? Gargle it and throw out the water. So he drinks the water and throws out. The moment he throws out that water on the ground, it transforms into the mantra which he was given. It, the mantra is there on the ground. He says, see, your mantra has come out. It is no longer inside of you. Now you are free to go. You can go and be the student of that new guru of yours. And yeah, all the best. Fine. So this man goes back to the guru, this new rich man, and says, you know, I did exactly what you told me to do. I returned the mantra back to him. That person looks at him and says, are you fool? What have you done? You think I'm going to take you because this is what you did? By the way, Samartha Ramdas is my guru. Okay? Now I'm sorry you don't deserve a guru. You can get out from here. Go away. <laughs> so the poor fellow is left high and dry. He has no gurus, no mantra, nothing. And he is now supposed to go out. So the guru is always like this. He is never going to tell you that he can draw you out of this maya. Just a few weeks ago, I was telling you the story of Sai Baba also. Sai Baba was put upside down inside that well. The well water was just above him, you know, so much. Upside down. Hung inside the well. Can you imagine that for a few hours? You know how wells are deep, right? And his guru hung him upside down. And he was literally at the bottom. Not touching the water, but slightly above that. The Guru kept him for a couple of hours and then came and took him out. After he took out Sai Baba, Sai Baba knew that this is my Guru. He's anyway going to take care of me. He's not going to make me drown. He's not even going to kill me. Nothing like that is ever going to happen. So that is the kind of faith that you need to have in the Guru. When you have that absolute faith in the Guru, please understand, nothing in this world can affect you. So the grace of the Guru is very, very important to overcome Maya. Then the third one, he says, he who renounces all sense of possession in himself. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Everybody has this idea of mine, mine. You have to give up that possession that you have. I own this. 
I did this. The I-ness is very dangerous. Anybody who takes up the ownership has to take up the ownership of the karma associated with that I also. Think what I am saying. If you tell someone to go and rob a bank, the person goes and robs a bank and is caught over there, who is responsible? The person who robbed the bank or you who has given the command? It is always the boss, isn't it? The small robber will get a few years, maybe three years, four years. But you will go for a very long time. So when you take up the onus of I, the possession that you have, this is mine. I own this. The karma sticks to you. Maya is going to stick to you and Maya creates those karmic loops in you. So never ever accept it. I lost a very good friend of mine last year, Swami Riyananda. Swami Riyananda never called himself I. He would always say, Baba said so. Who is Baba? Baba is himself only. <laughs> but whenever he spoke, he spoke in that Baba said so. So the onus never comes on the person. You will find that great sages always talk in third person. He, she, they don't consider themselves as I. You know that. The body is not the same as the spirit in it. The spirit soul, that is the Jivatma, is not the body. Those who are beyond know this very well. Maya can hurt the body but can never do anything towards for the spirit soul. Jivatma, it can never do anything. It is beyond. So the moment you take the onus on the body, it's going to catch you. The moment you say, I did it, you know. If that is the case, just imagine, if I say, I am giving the satsang, the body is not me. So I have two birthdays. <laughs> The one who is born and the one who is not born. Two birthdays. You can celebrate. Doesn't matter. So, onus should never be taken. We move to verse 47 where he says, number four, point number four, he who keeps himself in a solitary place of quietude. Fifth, he who plucks off the bondage with the world by the roots. Number six, he who goes beyond the influence of the gunas. Seven, he who renounces all the anxieties for acquiring and maintaining. The first one, that's the point number four. We have done three till just now. The fourth one, he who keeps himself in a solitary place of quietude. When you are in the midst of people, I'm sure when you have gone for a marriage or if you have gone for a very big celebration somewhere, a party. You know, everybody tries to show how great they are. They try to pull down another person. They will look at every person and they will keep on point. Oh, this one is like this, that one is like that. So there is a group discussion going on between your group. And it goes on and on and on. So when you are in the company, it creates a problem. 
this was explained by my gurudev very nicely in a very beautiful example there is a girl alone at home now she is of a marriageable age so some people have come to see her now you know when people come to see the girl they naturally you you cannot show that you are poor you cannot say that i am doing this work or that work you know it's, it's a show so this girl is working in the kitchen she's cleaning some vessels so she's those people when they knock the door they say that we have come to see you she says my parents have just stepped out can you please take a seat over here till they come please sit down and she goes to the kitchen now when she goes to the kitchen she is wearing a lot of bangles in her hand so when she is cleaning the vessels naturally they you know those glass bangles they make a lot of noise isn't it so they make a lot of noise so she removes a few of them from both the hands she leaves two only and when she's again cleaning them again the noise comes you see if those people outside listen to that noise they will think oh this girl is literally working like a servant in her own house so when the noise comes she says oh my god even this i have to remove and then she leaves only one bangle there is no noise after that this was an example given by dattatreya himself and the example tells you very simply that when there are too many people there is a lot of noise and when there there is one there is no noise now i want to ask you this question is there one or are there two the answer is there are two one is you and the second one is your mind you know your mind makes too much of a noise <laughs> so to be one means to even overcome the mind so when you sit in a solitary place like you have solitary confinement going on today nowadays you know <laughs> you sit in one place do not allow your mind to talk then you are really alone so then you have to take this place of quietude the next one he who plucks up the bondage with the world by the roots the bondages of this world are too many relationships we have relationships happening every single day in our life you know we have relationship with our parents with our relatives with our friends today at this given moment in time now you are alone in your house even if you tell your friend can you just get me some few you know packets of milk my area also has problem you know i don't think i can come to your area and the police bandobast is so strong oh is it all these friends also disappear by the way nobody is yours absolutely nobody is yours like i explained you know yesterday is or day before yesterday in that i told you that if this life of yours you are a human being and you have human parents in the last life you might have been an elephant you know and your parents might be have been a one would have been a zebra and the second would have been a giraffe and you can decide which one it is you think the giraffe and the zebra is going to give birth to an elephant <laughs> it's never going to happen <laughs> so the idea that you have those parents is all mistaken it's it's a way 
of just saying that you have to take up a body to take birth you may say dna sir dna is connected to the material world okay it is connected to not to the spirit soul we are not discussing spirit soul just now this before this only i told you we are not discussing you know the body over here is connected to everything in the material domain the body is coming from the five elements that we have fire air water all those okay the spirit soul is not connected anywhere you are a spirit soul you are the jeevatma you are not a body body is ingredients from the material and they will go back to the dust once again you may have whatever dna doesn't make a difference so don't get attached to anything or anybody he who goes beyond the influence of his gunas we have three gunas sattva rajas and tamas it is said that we have to always move towards sattva like today you may be a lazy bone it is it helps you know corona virus it helps us a lot in becoming the laziest of the creatures uh, what is the point in getting up i anyway don't have to go to work <laughs> one of the biggest uh, diseases of our life is that relax man we don't have to go anywhere oh is it <laughs> so that is the issue the gunas that is called the tamoguna incidentally uh, there was one movie which was being told to me you know i was reading about it and i think i just told some people i said you should watch this i'm i'm not plugging a movie by the way okay the the producer is not my friend <laughs> but i tell you the movies because it is something interesting so there is this movie called super deluxe i don't even understand the language but it is supposed to be a very interesting film and if if you see i just listened to the story a little bit and i said wow this is tamas at the best <laughs> from, from tamas to go up to the rajas and then to sattva great climb upwards so if you see the story you know you will come to know so these gunas are very very effective and you got to be very careful with these gunas you may say na i have become very good you know is it <laughs> yeah yes i am from the sattva guna now sattva guna is still going to tie you to this material world by the way don't think that you become some sattvic great person oh i stopped eating non vegetarian you know i become vegetarian and even now i am thinking i'll become a vegan oh is it after that i do exercise every day earlier i used to look at that shilpa shetty and all that you know before that jane fonda now i don't see any <laughs> i just <laughs> i know what i'm supposed to do <laughs> i'm very good very disciplined sir every sentence is punctuated by the i remember the i which i discussed earlier if you are punctuating all your sentences i become very good yes very good <laughs> that i is still showing up tamoguna is like that satvaguna is worse than tamoguna to understand satvaguna is very very difficult person thinks i do charity oh you do charity you see the spiritually perfect people will say god makes this idiot do that okay <laughs> do you understand 
God makes this idiot do some little bit of uh, donation. Why is he saying I do that? So it is like that. So, gunas, you have to be careful. He who renounces all his anxieties for acquiring and maintaining. This is a very important thing which you need to understand. I really have to work. I have to earn the money. See, if I don't earn, my family will go hungry. We take the onus of maintaining the world around us. We think, I am the whole world is Hindi. Because I am there, so everybody is getting fed. Because I am there, that is the reason why this whole thing is happening. Who do you think you are? One stroke like this. You are finished. The next day something different will happen. You think the family is not going to get taken care of? Don't ever underestimate this. You see, you are dispensable. You die, they will cry for one or two days. Nothing is going to happen. Today I think I bundled up too many stories, no? No? <laughs> so, okay, then I will have to stop here because then I will do the next verse tomorrow. I will do this verse once again because it's an interesting verse. So, I will do the story today, okay? So, we are going to stop here. We will do this renouncing all anxieties of acquiring and maintaining. We will do this tomorrow.